from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season 3, Episode 16 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Jawan Lee joined for another game preview podcast with my co-host, Dean Rule. Big game for Oklahoma State. You know, they... They ended their two-game skid last week with a 29-21 win over Kansas State, and now they got an even bigger matchup on tap, Dean. Yeah, I think um, you can almost make the argument Kansas, and it's crazy to say, but this just shows you where college athletics is. Kansas might be the better of the two Kansas schools this year. I'd listen to an argument on it at least, or I, I might even make an argument for it. Um so, yeah, I think if OSU can, depending on what gets seen Saturday, this could be a, a another pretty important win or a pretty devastating loss for OSU. So the Kansas Jayhawks, they come in as the 23rd ranked team with a 5-1 and one record. Last week, 51-point outing against UCF held them to 22 points. Their only loss of the season is against Texas, who was ranked third at the time. Um, that was a 40-14 to 14 loss. So just kind of looking at this Kansas Kansas offense, let's start there first um, because we spent a lot of time last week talking about OSU's defense, and even Tuesday we we gave them their praise about a much better outing um, than what they showed before their bye week. So looking at Kansas offense against Oklahoma State's defense, what do you have for me? So OSU played on Friday last week, right, Juwan, and, and that gave a rare Saturday without having to go to a game. So I decided, you know what, I'll check out, I'll try to watch some of these games uh, of, of OSU's upcoming opponents. So I, so I watched Kansas versus UCF, and um, I I didn't, I wasn't keeping track myself, but I looked it up after. They ran the ball 51 times, Juwan, and they only dropped back eight times. So that right there shows you what this Kansas offense is going to be they're going to run it down your throat. They're going to unapolog- unapologetically bounce it out, run it run it down the middle, get creative with it because they've got the talent and the backfield and the depth to be able to do that. So that's going to be OSU's defense. That if they can stop that, um, you know, if we kind of just off the top of our head put together a um, checklist of, of how OSU could pull off this win, the number one priority is going to be shutting down the run. And OSU's shown some success uh, so far through conference play. They've they did pretty well against Iowa State, um, holding them to I think it was two point two yards per per rush uh, against Kansas State. They shut down a pretty dynamic running back uh, in DJ Giddens. But this is going to be the maybe you can make the argument this is going to be the hardest opponent, hardest rushing attack. Um, for OSU to shut down, and so that front seven is really going to be important and and a pretty play a pretty pivotal role in how Saturday plays out. To expand on your point, um, because I'm just looking at their team statistics on the on the season, they've rushed for nearly 1,400 yards and passed for around 1,200 yards. So, as you said, that right there just tells you what type of game this is going to be. And you wrote earlier about you know the the rotation of running backs they use, they're led by Devin Neal, who has 593 yards and six touchdowns on the season, 7.7 7 
yards per carry. They also have um, Daniel Highshaw Jr., 413 yards, six touchdowns, and he's at 6.9 yards a carry. Um, where does it where does it begin for OSU in slowing down this Russian attack? Yeah, it's going to be on that defensive line and uh, uh, Highshaw that you just mentioned, Juwan. For any for any preps listeners uh, who, who are tuning into this podcast, Highshaw was a I think an option quarterback at Moore a couple of years ago. So people might be familiar with that name uh, when they tune in on Saturday and they might question, oh, where's that guy from? Because I know it. That that's kind of the the local tie with him, but yeah, no, it, stopping the run is going to be dictated by OSU's defensive line, and I wrote about this a little bit for somebody interested in going a little more in depth on this topic. Um, somebody like Justin Kirkland is going to maybe you could argue I'd argue might be the most important piece on this OSU defense on Saturday because his job is simply take on as many offensive linemen as you can to create a lane for your linebackers to get into the backfield. That's why against Kansas state, his one and only stat was participation Juwan, but (laughs) he was pretty much the reason Nicholas Martin was able to have 17 tackles against the wildcats. So you're going to, he's going to need to repeat that role. And, And that happens across the defensive line. Uh, I was talking to Anthony Goodlow er- earlier this week about just like, hey, how how did this work? Like, how did you guys set it up after what you know? You rewatched the film. What truly went correct on on the defensive line? Because um, that's a position you can't really look at a stat sheet and say, hey, the, he's performing well. He's not. And and Anthony Goodlow pretty much said they were watching tape and and there was a play that. You know, they, they play an odd front defensive line, so there's three guys, and each guy was taking on two blocks. Well, just doing the math there, Juwan, if three of your players are blocking six of their players, that's going to open up some space for, right. for guys to get into the backfield, guys to shut down the run. Um, so that's what's going to be important. And and Kansas has – I think what Kansas has that K-State doesn't is just the depth at running back and that's not even factoring in Jalen Daniels who I mean, he's not going to play um, this weekend but if, if he was the Kansas quarterback that's another rushing threat that they have and Jason Bean is capable uh, of running the ball I think last year against OSU he ran for like 93 95 yards so I'm not saying he doesn't pose that threat but Jalen Daniels is much more the dual threat guy for them. Um, so it's the depth is it's what's going to be key in shutting down. And it's all going to start right there on that defensive line. Nicholas Martin, you brought him up earlier and that was somebody you ran, you wrote about after last game again, 17 tackles, how big of a factor you feel he's going to play in Saturday's game. You know, Juwan, if you ask me right now, who has been the MVP of OSU season, I think I'd pick Nicholas Martin mm, because he okay. has been able to slay, flew a little under the radar. I think um, it was expected he was going to play a role, but by no means were you kind of expecting him to be the the guy 
in the center of that defense and, and he's done it and he's played it well. Um, so yeah, his role is to continue doing what he's doing, um, which is getting the ball. He, he's pass coverage wise. Um, I think he's been pretty solid too. Uh, he showed a little bit. Now Kansas State had to throw the ball late in the game, but Nicholas Martin, you know, he got an interception there. And talking with people around the program, what he he kind of showed that commitment this offseason. And I know a lot of coaches like to throw that out. You know, oh, this guy was committed. He was watching film all offseason. That's kind of the uh, stereotypical story you get when when guys have a breakout year. But um, I think the breakout might come a little bit of a surprise to fans and, and, and viewers, but uh, talking with people, this is almost what was expected of Nicholas Martin this year. And, and I think he's lived up to it. And so be in the position he's playing, it is going to be of utmost importance um, that he continues because he's, he's that, you know, that second level of shutting down the run, the defensive line, create, that space don't let those extra blockers get free and then it's up to guys like nicholas martin or colin oliver or you know insert whatever linebacker or or blitzer you want to uh they're going to be key and and that's kind of nicholas martin kind of leads that role i'm looking at the Kansas wide receiving core, and we know how effective their their run game is going to be. But looking at a Lawrence Arnold who has 256 yards, Luke Grimm 218, Quentin Skinner 173, they're all kind of packed in there statistic wise, and obviously that's because this Kansas team wants to run the ball. How challenged do you feel Oklahoma State secondary is going to be um, heading into this game, or is the primary focus just going to be stopping this run game? Yeah, I think primary focus is is shutting down the run, but Kansas is efficient in the passing game when they need to be, um, which is not, well, I won't say it's not often, but it's definitely the second priority on the offense. Um, The run game is number one. They've got some guys, you you mentioned them all right there, Juwan, that, you know, have the skill set to not play a secondary role in the offense, but they have what they need to kind of have a balanced approach if they need it. And and if OSU does force Kansas to throw it a little more, I think after what OSU showed against Kansas State in terms of pass coverage, they should be all right. Um, if they can shut down the run, make Kansas throw it, I think the secondary will be just fine, Juwan. Flipping over to the to the offensive side of things, um, again, well, maybe I won't have to say this moving forward that, of course, Alan Bowman will be the starting quarterback. <laughs> maybe that'll be yeah. for set, and I won't have to bring that up anymore. But I'm looking at Kansas. They're they're leading the Big 12 right now with 17 sacks as, as a team. How do you feel Oklahoma State's offense matches up against their defense? Once again, it's going to come down to the trenches. Um, I think OSU's offensive line took a good step in the right direction toward toward maybe salvaging this season. Um, you know, I think I think we talked about it on Tuesday, Juwan, that now it's coming from PFF, so however you want to to look at that, um, 
I think that Alan Bowman, it was he he sustained pressure on only eleven percent of his dropbacks. Um, and against Iowa State, that number was like forty percent. So if you want to talk about offensive line improvement, that's a pretty good number. It might be off by a little bit. Um, mm-hmm, I don't know how mm-hmm. closely Oklahoma State games get watched at at PFF, but <laughs> point being, even if those numbers are a little off, that's a sign of improvement. And I think for anybody who probably watched that game against Kansas State, it was pretty easy to see that Alan Bowman had some time uh, he had the opportunity to make throws, and that's why you saw some of those deep balls. He, he connected on some of those passes. So to your point, yeah, Kansas, they're they're able to get to the quarterback. It's now, once again, going to be on the offensive line. Give Allen Bowman the time and protection to be able to, to um, kind of work through what he needs to work through. Um, so it's, it's really on the offensive line is what's going to decide in terms of OSU offense versus Kansas defense. It's once again, how does the offensive line play? We've seen what Alec Bowman did last week and Ollie Gordon, I mean, back-to-back 100-yard games. Where do you feel the strength of this Oklahoma State offense lies against Kansas? The strength is, I'll say, it lies where I've always said it lies. Streamline the offense and just get the ball in your talent's hands. They've <laughs> clearly done it with Ali Gordon. There seems to be no concern about his durability. Um, and that's why, you know, they're comfortable letting him carry it 20 times a game. And they've got good depth at running back, too, uh, with with Jade Nixon and Elijah Collins. So that that seems to have worked itself out, just like the quarterback has seemed to – the quarterback position has worked itself out. So, yeah, you've got Alan Bowman throwing the ball. Good. If that's that's the guy you want, go with it, which they are doing. Ali Gordon has shown you more than enough to to probably be comfortable using him uh, like they're using right now. Brennan Presley got involved. That's great. The 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 main question is going to be how does OSU go about replacing Dazon Stribling? Mm-hmm. Rashad Owens seemed to kind of step into that role, and I think it it worked well against Kansas State. But now, when teams know, here's Rashad Owens, here's what you need to expect out there, here's how you stop it. That's what I think is going to be interesting to watch um, on Saturday, because now there there's no element of surprise there. It's going to be Rashad Owens. So streamline it. Streamline the offense. It's working when you just go to your most talented guys. Who would have thought, Juwan? Who would have thought if you gave the talent the ball, <laughs> the offense can move? Um, but, yeah, so so I think that's kind of the – that is the approach or what needs to be the approach, and I think it's working out well um, after – especially after a game like South Alabama. Continuing to talk about getting their talent the ball, I want to touch on an article that you wrote earlier about how putting Brandon Presley in motion was better able to incorporate his ability. And in that article, the coaches said that they weren't satisfied with how much he had gotten the ball up until that point. What do you see his role being Saturday and moving forward throughout the season? Well, Juwan, I cannot take credit for that article. That one came from our uh, one of our freelancers, Gabriel Trevino. Right, um, correct. 
but yes, please, everybody go check that out. It's on our website uh, if you want to know a little bit more about Brennan Presley. And yeah, it, it comes down to they're putting Brennan. I think it's pretty interesting. They're Brennan Presley's in motion all the time. I don't know what the 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 breakdown exactly is. Um, but they're moving him around, and and what that's doing is opening up all kinds of different opportunities to get him the ball. They can hand it off, you know. Sometimes he even talking to Brandon Presley uh, this week. It wasn't as much, you know. You know, half the time he's just a decoy. He is his his goal is to just get people away from the ball. But yeah, they're shooting. You know, six to eight times, get him the ball, let him, let's see what he can do. Uh, and so that can be done. And I think we've talked about it a little bit this year, and, and, and they've been pretty open about what they want to do in, you know, he's capable of rushing the ball, he's capable of catching the ball, he's capable of returning punts and kickoffs, all that. You know, he's such a versatile piece. They want to use him in as many different ways as they can to just keep opponents on their feet when it comes to his usage. When I read off something like 17 sacks, I mean, they're, they're accustomed to getting back there in the backfield. Where would you rank Kansas's defense in terms of difficulty with how, you know, these teams at Oklahoma state has faced this year. You feel like this is the most difficult defense they'll play up until this point, not going past this week. It's a good question, Juwan, and it really, I guess, would come down to. It really, I guess, would come down to K State or Kansas. Um, well, no, you also have Iowa State up there too. Um, I'd probably do. I'd probably go just off the top of my head, not thinking too much about it. I would probably say Iowa State would go one. And somebody's going to kill me. I'll get some email like, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. (laughs) I'd say Iowa State is the most well-rounded. I know a lot of people like the Kansas State secondary or the Kansas secondary. And they have some guys, but I think Iowa State overall in all three aspects would go one. They're all close. I'll say that. I'd probably go Iowa State one, just below it, K-State. I Honestly, I'd probably put Kansas State and Kansas on the same level. They're all on the same level, but I'd probably say Iowa State just above those two. Because it's, it's, it's sort of a trend. I mean, obviously, that's why we have averages. But Oklahoma State, outside of that one lackluster they, game they had against South Alabama, has been right around that 27-point mark. And that's the same with what Kansas has kind of given up. I mean, 17 to Missouri, 23 to Illinois, 24 to Nevada, 27 to BYU, and then 22 last week to UCF. I mean, you have the outlander, out, outlander there where they put up – where they gave up 40 to Texas. But – for the most part, their averages are similar. Um, so for your prediction, do you see this OSU offense being as efficient as it was last week? Well, I guess not as efficient because they 
they opened the game with a touchdown drive and then they were just kind of field goals from the rest of there. But compared to last week, how do you feel this OSU offense looks, will look? So at this point, Juwan, I've probably overblown it more than it needs to, but I'm too deep in, so I need to continue to bring it up. We always talk about, is OSU going to finally score more than 30 points in the game, right? And now I'll, I'll make a definitive statement because I think I've said the past two weeks, oh, they're going to get over 30. This has to happen. <laughs> if OSU wants to win this game, they will need to score more than 30 points. That's uh, a statement right there. We talked about the predict. We talked about making predictions. So, <laughs> so they they will need to because I think this is just OSU will be able to. They have the capabilities to stop Kansas's run, but only so much. Right? It's still, I think, the number six rushing offense in the nation. You're mm-hmm. only going to be able to shut it down so much. That's what's going to – so Kansas is still going to score. They're still going to move the ball. OSU's offense is going to need to replicate that because um, against – like they they have they scored one offensive touchdown. They scored 29 points last week, but only one of that – only you know seven points of that came from an offensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. The rest all ended in field goals. That that needs to change. That red zone offense is what's going to be key. Uh, and against the Kansas defense, it, you just need to be a little bit better and capitalize on your opportunity a little bit more efficiently. Uh, and so that's why I say the 30-point, it, it's going to need to happen uh, against Kansas if OSU is going to win. As with that, do you take a little bit of positive – out of that in the in the sense that they were able to at least move the ball even though they weren't finishing drives inside the red zone they at least were able to get down there instead of being stagnant and not able to get across the 50 yard line what's your thoughts on that yeah i think uh if you're the optimist you say oh that's you know they got close and and now all that they need to do is just turn that into more points um i think the problem came which is and, and Mike Gundy said it on Monday that they didn't get the push on on the line that they needed in the red zone. So clean that up and see where you're at. Because, yeah, you, I don't think against Kansas and that offense, I don't think you can be settling for um, field goals. You know, you can get a couple, that's fine, but you can't settle for five field goals uh, against a Kansas offense like that. Well there we well there we have it. Any final comments you want to make, Dean, before we get out of here? Whoa, 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 John. We cannot we have to put some numbers out there. Even I, ch- I tried to I tried. Numbers. I tried to get out of here. We are too <laughs> far in. No matter how bad, you know, you know, when you're the uh let's see who, you know, the Denver Broncos, Juwan, they still have to show up for their game on Sunday. Or I guess they play Thursday night. But point being, they still got to show up for their game every I tried week. to sneak out of here, Dean. I tried to sneak out of here. We might be what's over, your, what's we got to play. What's your, what's your prediction for Saturday? Uh, I said they're gonna, they have to get over 30 points. I'm going to say they'll score 35. Um, let's see. They've seen Jason Bean twice so this will be the third time they get Jason Bean at quarterback. 
I'll say the defense has some tips and tricks. And simply because it's at home, I think they pull it off. I'll go 35-32 down to the wire. I told I told my dad this when he asked me on why I picked Oklahoma State to lose last last week. And it was not only because I thought Kansas State was the better team, but after picking them to win the previous two weeks, I was like, they you have to show me something first before I pick you to win. And the Kansas State win was a very impressive win last week, but I need to see it again. I need to see it one more week before I start giving them a win. So I'm going to say Kansas gets out of here with a 35-21 to 21 win. Ooh. I think that's I, I think that's what happens. The their ability to run the ball and not only with one person but with multiple entities in that backfield is a little little worrisome for me. Um, especially when you when you have an offense that maybe cannot capitalize in the red zone and you're just selling for field goals, even if they're not able to get down there. I mean, you're putting your defense back on the field against a against a team that wants to run the ball and be physical. So I'm gonna give Kansas the win thirty five to twenty one. All right, Juwan. I think this is the first time this season we've we've gone separate ways. Yeah, so so, so we can you just did that be- so that one of us at least is right. On, on <laughs> one of us will, will have picked correctly. I really did it to give them some more bulletin board material. That's really yeah. what it is. <laughs> that's really what it is. Juwan said we're gonna lose again. Let's put them on. <laughs> so so that's that's what I have. Um any final comments, Dean? Nope. Uh, post-game pod, as usual, that'll be coming at you uh, Saturday evening at some point, and uh, all kinds of coverage we'll have on the website Saturday evening. So everybody be on the lookout for that. We'll have every angle you can think of of the game covered. Uh, so just stay tuned this weekend and for I'll, that. And this alter my prediction a little bit. I'm going to give Kansas 31, not 35. I'm going to give them 31. I'm going to give them 31, but I still have them getting out of here with the win. And if you want to see who's correct out of me and Dean, they'll play Kansas 2.30 Saturday, FS1, Fox Sports 1. Um, and we again, we appreciate you guys sticking around for another episode of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Remember, podcasting is free. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasting, Apple, Spotify, Google. And Dean will see you Saturday. I will see you next Tuesday. Thanks.